for Radio 710, the talk of New York. And here is Gene Shepard. Well, I suppose if you really are sunk in sin that much, 
There's no point in discussing it. That's all I got to say. I mean, if you really are decadent, naturally, there's not going to be any way to. I mean, it's like going up to Attila the Hun and saying, "Now look, 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 Hun. Now wait, sit down for a minute. <laughs> kill, kill." So wait a minute, now Attila, just a minute, just a minute. I'm a man of the 20th century, and I'd like to talk to you about a person with your obvious talents, person with your obvious charisma. You have tremendous charisma. Look, you've led all these ravaging Huns down out of the mountains, and uh, it isn't everybody that can get all those people to burn and sack and loot and rape and all this, and you've been able to do it. Now, why don't you take these tremendous obvious talents you have, Attila the Hun, and channel them into positive, uh, let's say, productive avenues. I don't know exactly what language Attila the Hun spoke. However, I do know that when he swung his club, he spoke a universal language. A universal language. Speaking of a universal language, sneak it in there. Tonight's program is dedicated to barbarism, a lost art. All right, good. Now, you reset that. In fact, I'll tell you what you can do. You can, you can set up the Battle of New Orleans for me, which is on the same... Uh, no, it's on the same one. Yes, absolutely. On the same one. I just feel like letting it all hang out. What, what the heck? It's weekend's coming up. Why not just let it swing? Every possible conceivable direction. Just let it swing. How about that? What's the? You have that thing now? Ready? All right. Let's see. Oh yeah. Mankind marching, ever striving, reaching for the next rung on the ladder of civilization. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. You mind if I sit in with you guys? Huh? Uh-huh.
idea of blue to your head. Say, <laughs> uh, you... You know, uh, I, I, I used to belong to the Thank God It's Friday Club. In, uh, you know, undoubtedly they had one in your school, didn't they? I mean, you know, it was uh, very informal. Very informal. In fact, I, I belonged. <laughs> you know that I once belonged. It's funny how, uh, when you join a club, uh, have you ever been in a club? Well, you know, every year, uh, I must say that the, you, you wonder why I'm a bitter person. Now, many times I have gotten letters saying, Shepard, why are you so bad? Especially from nice ladies who write on blue stationery with green ink. And they'll say things like, Dear Mr. Shepard, a person of your obvious mental acuity is certainly wasting his time playing that ridiculous instrument that you plunk away on. And I don't know why you do this. You're obviously wasting your time when you could be leading the youth of America and telling them of all the great morals that people used to have and how wonderful people were. Oh, wow. That's one of the great myths. One of the great myths that is, is persisting with us that people used to be nicer. I suppose, you know, people like Al Capone and, and uh, <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde and John Dillinger, people used to be nicer. And, uh, people really believe this. When, when did they stop being nice? I mean, you know, I keep hearing people used to be nicer. I've heard that, I, I heard that ten minutes ago in the newsroom. So they said, oh, listen, I remember the days when people... Yeah. When did they stop? I mean, Adolf Hitler? I mean, he was pretty good, you know, I suppose. <laughs> Attila the Hun? I don't know when they stopped being nice. I don't know whether they ever were nice. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, as a kid, uh, you know, uh, I, I suppose like most kids, I don't know whether girls are as hung on prehistoric man as boys are. Now, that's a question I'm going to put out before the group. I don't wish to be a feminist, racist, chauvinistic pig dog, or, uh, you know, a running lackey of the male group. Uh, I merely throw it out. I don't know. I, 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 I never heard uh, of a girl who was hung on cavemen, you know, who collected the little plastic cavemen. And as a kid, I must have been about five or six, and it was this early radio show. It was early, it was early in my life. It was a radio show that came on. It was the first time I ever really listened to anything other than my old man yelling or my kid brother, you know, whining or somebody bouncing a ball against the side of the house. And they had this radio show on. And on would come the announcer. Can you give me a little, uh, can you give me a little uh, echo chamber? I'll try it here. I'll give you what he, what he sounded like. Life, life, life. That's pretty That's good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, he didn't talk he didn't like talk this. Like this. Hey, it's fun, isn't it? Quack, 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 quack. Every night he would come on, and it was an echo chamber. Now I know. I didn't know it was an echo chamber then. I thought it was a cave. Well, that's what he was, uh, you know, pretending to be in, see? 
<laughs> it was a game. And, and he, he came on and he said, I don't know how quite to say this because I don't want to blow the gas. But uh, as Long John says, but he would come on with the name of the character. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a note for the name of the character. And then I'll tell you how he was described. This is the way the opening really went. Right, it went like this. The, the, the announcer would say, this is WMAQ. No, no, no echo chamber on that. He would say, uh, you know, the announcer sounded very official, say, WMAQ in Chicago. Then you'd hear, boop. the name of the character like if uh, let's say if I took any you know any klutzy name like let's uh, let's think of a real klutzy name uh, how about art no I'd take a real klutzy name how about art okay now uh, it would it would open up like this art son of Phoenix see well that's an exciting show uh and uh, then he would follow it up, and he'd say, Boys and girls, as we left Art, son of Teaneck, yesterday afternoon, he was about to take the long trip over the George Washington Bridge into the wilds of New York. Let us follow him today in his matchless adventures as we follow the daily trials and tribulations of Art, son of Teaneck. That'd be really exciting, you know. It, it takes you through the whole daily thing while he's trying to get a bus, and uh, you know the, all those little exciting moments in life. Trying then, trying to get a seat. Will Art get a seat today, or will he not? Uh, yes, the trials and tri speaking of uh, this is W O R New York, and we're off. I thought it was really one of the great films I've ever seen. I loved it. I thought that was neat. It was very beautiful. We enjoyed every minute of it. It was really fascinating. It was very spectacular. It was quite enjoyable. Front line Castle was excellent. Out of sight. I think it was better than the DeMille uh, Ten Commandments. These people loved it. So will you. Moses, starring Burt Lancaster, an Avco Embassy Pictures release. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. <laughs> Why do I find it funny? Some girls say, Moses, oh, it's out of sight. Here's a sign of our time. Moses, now playing at the Ziegfeld Cinema 46, Totowa, and Cinema 150 in the picturesque, colorful, biblical Syosset. I really love my Pinto. He goes everywhere with me. In style. There's room enough for the kids and all our junk. But the Pinto is still small enough, so I don't need a half acre to park him at the mall on a Saturday afternoon. When my friend Anne and I go for lunch at her favorite far-out place, we take the expressway, and those 92 horses really get frisky. Yesterday, a couple of kids offered to drag us, I think because we're both blondes. Or maybe because my Pinto's vermilion orange with a white racing stripe. Oh, boy. Take your husband down to your Ford dealer. Let him kick a Pinto's tires and tell you it's a great little car. Pinto is the frisky small car with real horsepower from Ford. Pinto's base sticker price is only twenty-eight ninety-five, not including title taxes and destination charges. At your Ford dealer. Somehow that's a real funny spot. Can't you imagine these two kids in this uh, muscle car 
you know, coming up to the light there. Give me a little muscle car there. All of a sudden, the kid, you know, the, the one that's behind the wheel there, you know, the guy with the mean-looking hat, he sticks his head out the window and he says, Hey, lady, you want a pinnow? Hey, hey, baby! Uh, hey, you want a pinnow? You want a drag? Uh, uh, uh. Little everyday dramas that occur on every traffic circle in America. Yes, a million, million lives are played out in the great city. A million lives crossing and crisscrossing. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Well, now, how's the signing of the Declaration of Independence by the Founding Fathers of the United States of America? Ben Franklin, is it my turn to sign? He that riseth late must trot all day. Hi, Ben. I'm from the Franklin Savings Bank. Save, and you'll have... Franklin Savings Bank? When did I rent the Franklin Savings Bank? Before or after I discovered electricity? The Franklin Savings Bank has been protecting people's interests since 1860, and today we offer the highest interest rates allowed by law on our passbook and time deposit accounts. No bank pays more. And the Franklin Savings Bank offers its depositors safety and security at all of its 12 convenient offices. It's a bank you can be proud of, Ben. All things are cheap to the saving, dear to the wasteful. Benjamin Franklin! Then you recommend saving at the Franklin? Of course! Yes, yes. Now it's my turn to sign the Declaration of Independence. And remember, look before or you'll find yourself behind. Franklin Savings Bank, with over $1 billion on deposit. Member FDIC. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's only... Has it occurred to you that it's only America, of all the countries, that uses its historical founding fathers in commercials? And makes them all sound vaguely senile. <laughs> yes, it's my turn to sign the Declaration of Independence. Get up in the way, Mr. Washington. And John Hancock, it's time for old Ben to sign the Declaration of Independence. Up from the mountain country of Virginia comes a recipe old as the hills. Full of that hearty cookhouse flavor America grew up on. Good things for your table from Parks, the best country sausage and scrapple you can buy in the city. It's a kitchen tradition. When the kids are in the kitchen, they're asking mom for more of that famous flavor sausage. It's what they're I wonder if the British, can you imagine the British doing that? Can't you see uh, Richard the Lionheart selling rice rice chunkies? <laughs> he comes on and says, oh, 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 by my troth, oh, 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 by my odds, Buckins, I say rice crunchies. I what made me lion-hearted. <laughs> yes, boys and girls, this is old Richard the Lionhearted saying, Rich, ripe, chunky, crispy, little kernels of rice every morning mixed with a little wheat. 
give you rice chunkies. <laughs> Richard the Lionhearted here. It's time to start out on another crusade. Hey, Charlie, I just met this terrific Romanian gymnast. Where can I take her that's romantic but not stuffy? Thursdays. Thursdays is terrific. Flowers, palms, mirrors, American and continental food. And at Thursdays, you can dance or contort or do whatever you do with a Romanian gymnast. <laughs> Don't you wish someone would take you to Thursday? BJ, we have some lions of industry coming in today. I want to make an impression. And uh, Take them I... to Thursdays, JJ. Impress them with a great prime rib sandwich or a steak or maybe a salad. Don't you wish someone would take you to Thursdays? My Bob would like to have right. a party right, for his JJ. mustache. Fair oh, will, JJ. Old. I'd like to take him someplace special. Take him to Thursdays for the fabulous weekend brunch. That's really special. Don't you wish someone would take you to Thursdays? Thursdays is at 57 West 58th Street. Open daily for lunch, dinner, very late night supper, and for weekend brunch. Don't you wish someone would take you to Thursdays? Uh, the new Herald News makes the difference to you. Herald News. Huh. All right. The new Herald News makes the difference to you with opinions on the editorial and comment pages. The strong, controversial opinions of Jack Anderson and William F. Buckley, spiced with the <laughs> political humor of Art Buchwald, plus editorials on the major issues of northern New Jersey, like how to get a place to park, all those other exciting northern New Jersey issues. If you want more than just straight news, the editorial and comment pages will make the difference. It's the Herald News. It makes the difference in... North Jersey. You've been wondering what makes the difference over there, huh? Yes, you go through the Holland Tunnel and you instantly know you're in Jersey. I don't know, it's the air smells different. All that Jersey crud comes drifting down and bounces off your hood of your car there and you can smell the... Now, only Jersey would call those miserable stinking swamps meadows. Hey, y'all. Overqualified? I mean, uh, that's a great thing. Isn't it, it kind of nice to consider yourself overqualified? That's the ultimate ego trip. <laughs> I'm overqualified. <laughs> overqualified. Most people I've met in my life are barely qualified even to tie their shoes. In spite of their degrees. And, uh, in fact, often because of their degrees. But that's another story. Overqualified. Over 40, where's your career going? Down the Drano? <laughs> Just out of school, seeking employment? Is life closing in on you? Job hunting can be a lonely, demoralizing experience, especially in this highly competitive employer's job market. Yes, the big shots are calling the, calling the trick now, friends. Career Corner runs every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. And where does it run? The Long Island Press, the big newspaper that cares about Long Island. Why don't you call them up and ask them for a job? See how much they care. Right, hit the button. Is that it? No more buttons? Oh, a lot of liveies, huh? All right. I'll wade through this sheaf here. Uh, let's see. What's this one? Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. I keep thinking of Richard the Lionhearted selling uh, rice crunchies in England. I mean, after all, we, we have Ben Franklin on half of the commercials now, you know. Ben Franklin's time to I'm the Declaration of Independence. When did I invent the Dodge? You heard that, right? Well, uh, can, can you can you imagine the England using Oliver Cromwell? 
you know, it's one of their founding fathers, Oliver Cromwell in the commercial. And uh, he, he, give me a little echo chamber. I have to do a little Oliver Cromwell here. He comes on and he says, Ah, peasants arise! We shall drive the barons off their land! We shall expunge evil from this benighted land! Follow me! I, Oliver Cromwell! The roundhead will win! And not only that, we roundheads believe in the new Jaguar V-12! It'll take England and drive evil from this land! Oliver Cromwell and the roundheads go first class! That's not bad. That's a lot of them cars. All right, it's uh, let's see, it's time for the uh, Easter Spring Sale at all CLI drugstores on Long Island. What does CLI stand for? CLI drugstores Easter Spring Sale is on right now, and it's through the 14th of April. Features bargains like uh, well, let's see what the bargains are here. This is a drugstore, you know. They have all these drugs. Let's see what they have at the drugstore. Oh, whoa, whoa, one pound bag of M and M's. How's that for a drugstore? Plain or peanut for just 97 cents. And they have cricket disposable lighters. Sounds like a serious drugstore for just 77 cents. And much more. Yes, where are these CLI drugstores? Well, they're in Brentwood, Copeg, Centralized Lip, Comac, East Northport, uh, Green Lawn, Ice Lip, West Babylon, East Babylon, Central Babylon, and, and it's underlined, Belmore. Poor little Belmore. Oh, well, it's lucky. Now, let's see what else we got here. It's lucky. Rex, the new Richard Rogers musical starring Nicole Williamson, begins uh, special holiday previews. Rex, of course, means the king, right? Uh, what's it about? Music is by the legendary Richard Rogers. Lyrics by the not-quite-yet-legendary Sheldon Harnick. I mean, you don't make the legend scene when your name is Sheldon. Rex is a sumptuously beautiful production in which the lusty life and loves of Henry VIII are recreated through song, dance, and pageantry, the likes of which has never before been seen on the Broadway stage. I'd love to play Henry VIII, you know. It starts out, uh, uh, would you please give me a little echo chamber? Oh, I'm Henry, I'm Henry VIII, and I'm a lusty fellow. I'm a hell of a king, and I know my women. I'm Henry the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, not bad. Leave it to Broadway to bring everything down to its level. Henry the Eighth is now one with Dolly. Anyway, it begins a special preview uh, on Wednesday, April the 14th, at the Lump Fontaine Theater. So check your newspaper ads. It sounds like it's going to be exciting. Can you see Henry the Eighth? dancing around on the stage there, and he sings his famous aria called Beheading Anne. All right, he sings it like this. I'm Henry VIII, the king, and I'm tired of this broad, and I tell you, I ain't going to stand it any longer. It's off of their head, I say. Then the chorus comes behind him, see, thousands of guys carrying these beheading tools, you know, wearing a helmets and all that, and they sing. Up, up, up with their head, up, up, up with their head, up with their head, I say, up with their head it goes. Oh, chop, 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 oh, choppity, chop, chop, chop. And of course, uh, there'd be beautiful choreography at this time when all the uh, beheaders, you know, the 
executioners. I can just... <laughs> that's sick. And that's right. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Another commercial? All right. Uh, hey, New Yorkers, this Sunday afternoon, the Nets will take the floor for their second playoff game against San Antonio at 1 p.m. What happened on the first one? I don't know. Uh, here's your chance to see live playoff action at reasonable prices. Uh, let's see what are reasonable prices today for a game. Well, tickets start at 8.50. No, they go from 8.50 down to 5.50, and uh, they can be purchased at the Nassau Coliseum box office or through any Ticketron office. Uh, that's the New York Nets with the fabulous Dr. J at the Nassau Coliseum for the ABA playoffs. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's see. Martin, Martin. Listen, I knew a kid named Martin. What a toad. You want me to talk about Martin? Are you kidding? Any kid named Martin or Sheldon is somebody to deal with. Oh, yeah, Martin. Uh, spruce up for spring. Now through Saturday, it's Martin's half-price sale. That was Martin all the time. He was a half-price kid. Pay only 50% of the regular price for special selections of Martin's interior paints, sash and trim paints, porch and patio paints. Now, let's, no, wait, this, I have to back up to do this one. Buy Burge Boutique Fabric-Backed Vinyl Wall Covering. Try that one fast when you're skating on your board. Now, 50% off the regular price. Also get Armstrong Place and Press Floor Tiles, now 35 cents each. That's Armstrong. I don't know what's happening. Oh, that's it? We're done? I can do a show. Oh, well, we'll be... You know, uh, speaking of... Uh, of, uh, you know, a life is a contest. And I want to tell you, have you noticed that I'm particularly exuberant today? Well, there is a reason for it. I have won, for the first time, one of my own private games. Now, everybody plays private games in his head. Like, for example, one of the private games I always play is to see whether or not I can get an elevator here at 1440 Broadway that goes all the way to my floor that doesn't stop once. Oh, yes, it's possible. I have done it. Of course, three, four in the morning, but I have done it. And it's an exciting little game. See, you, you think you're going to make it. See, you're heading for the 24th floor, and you see little lights going on. You know, it says 20, 21, 22, and then all of a sudden it goes, ah, it stops. And five big fat ladies bearing jugs of coffee get on. They spill it all over your foot. And then what, a ha what happens? The elevator goes down. You were going to the 24th. Somehow, their will was stronger than yours. Well, all right, that's a private game. What are some of the other private games? Well, uh, one of my private games is to get into the chock-full-of-nuts before they have run out of celery shrimp sandwiches. What? You don't know about that? <laughs> They're always out when you get there. <laughs> they only have them for seven, maybe eight minutes when the... They have them because all the aficionados charge in there like crazy. All right, now, I have private games, just like everybody else. Now, many people have private games that are, you know, pretty basic, like who can get into John first in the morning. You know, that's a, that's a basic game, you know, really. Or uh, who can hold the John the longest? And, of course, there are different styles. There's the freestyle holding the John, and then there's the stylized, there's the team play, all these things get into it. Now, I'd like to suggest, though, that private games 
have a deep significance in our lives because if you keep losing a private game, you will begin to look at life as already a lost project. You are indeed a loser. If you can't even win your own games, you're a loser. Now, if you can win, you know, if, if you can win once in a while, it, it changes your attitude. Now, on the other hand, if, you, if you're the kind of person who can ever compete in any kind of formal games, I have known guys who have never once played in any competitive sport in their entire lives. These guys wind up either being sports reporters for the Times or they're guys that write angry book that competition destroys mankind. What they mean is losing destroys mankind. <laughs> it's a great feeling to win, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, I've known people who won a game at the right time in their life and they go on to become Robert Redford. You know, or the Prince of, of uh, Life or something. No, seriously. If you are a person who constantly shies away from competition at all points, now you will often rationalize this and say things like, well, I believe that competition is one of the reasons why man continually has war. This is one of the reasons that brutalizes, dehumanizes man. No, no. That is a rationalization. Now, a rationalization is not the same as a reason. We're not going to go into that. That's next semester. Uh, there will be a blue book examination on the difference between rationalizations and, uh, <laughs> and reasons. <laughs> but uh, many people, the real reason that many people are deadly afraid of competition is the fear of the truth coming out. You simply are inept. Inept. And yet, one of the reasons why our country, in spite of it, you know, we've got this whole cult that we're in favor of losers, and, uh, you know, we're, we're always for the underdog. The biggest thing that is growing on television today are sport contests, any kind of sport contest, where there is a clean-cut winner. Have you ever seen TV interview the losing ball team after a World Series? Never. And that would be a far more interesting interview than to interview Pete Rose. Oh, yes. You, you never see, when, when, uh, when uh, say, uh, Connors blasts somebody off the court, immediately uh, Pat Summerall doesn't rush down there and, and interview this broken Hulk. <laughs> He's lying in a pool of sweat. His manager's yelling at him, and he's got a sprained ankle. <laughs> no way. And yet those would be very interesting interviews. Very interesting. Losers have a lot more to say about the game than winners. And I can tell you this, as a guy who's played a lot of organized sports, I learned more about sports the night into my third year in football in high school when we suffered a 63-6 to defeat. Now, we've been winners for all the time up to that point. Have you noticed that how mad Tom Seaver is getting these days? Tom Seaver isn't the old friendly Tom he used to be. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you one of the reasons. I mean, it ain't easy to have, uh, you know, get shelled. Uh, and, and what's more, even when you strike a guy out, the catcher drops the ball and three-run score. So you tend to get nasty. Well, each one of us has private games. 
And I've noticed that the more afraid a person is of formal competition, the more he tends to have private games. That's an empirical rule of thumb. In other words, you, you just can't imagine Mickey Mantle having private games just to see whether he's going to catch the elevator and there's not going to be anybody in it. But you can imagine Woody Allen. Okay. What's the difference? <laughs> well, see, you can, you, can, you, can, you can fix all the odds in a private game. In other words, you're standing there waiting for the elevator, see, and you're playing this little, will I get the, uh, an elevator that goes all the way up to the top floor uh, without stopping, seeing you're standing there waiting. And then all of a sudden, these people start to come up. Then you say, well, I'm going to move over to the next elevator. See, I'll let those get on that elevator, and I'll wait for the next one. Well, suddenly you're in an elevator by yourself. It starts going up, see. And now it hits uh, the 13th, 14th floor, and it's cool. See? Suddenly it starts slowing up. And then you suddenly say to yourself, oh, well, this one doesn't count, see. It's lunch hour. Oh, oh, this game doesn't count. I forgot it was lunch hour. There, there's the elevator's always going to stop the lunch hour, see. Well, you can't do that with Jimmy Connors. If you're standing out there, see, and you give him your best serve, you just say, you lean into one thing. You say, oh, you're feeling really great, and your arm is great. You're feeling, you know, right on top of it, and you flip that ball up in the air, and whack, and you put that ball right down, right down the baseline, zap, right into the slot. And he just casually flicks his wrist, and he rifles back a backhand that not only gets by you before you can see it, you know damn well if you even got your racket in front of it, it would have just blasted the strings right out of it. At that point, you can't say to Jimmy, Hey, Jim! Jim! That don't count! Jim, wait a minute. Let's, let's start all over again. See, my shoe was untied. <laughs> well, okay. I have just won a private game. And I am very pleased. I didn't, re I didn't report this to you, Lee, nor to Art. But it is a very secret private game. I, in my work... Well, by the way, before I go any further, I want to point out, speaking of work, you probably know that I play many colleges around doing various benefits and so on for various schools and various uh, groups out there in, the, in college land. Well, my next live show will be the 15th of April, Thursday, at 8.30 at Rutgers. <laughs> Good old Rutgers. In New Brunswick, that's the Rutgers New Brunswick campus. It's going to be Thursday in the Ledge at 8:30 p.m. this coming Thursday. And if you'd like to come, just give them a call at area 201-932-7426. Rutgers, die for dear old. Well, nevertheless, I have just won a very exciting secret game. And what is that game? Well. You probably know that I'm a uh, crossword puzzle freak. I love to work crossword. Now, I'm not a fanatic. I'm not a fanatic. Now, there are fanatics who go out and buy books of crossword puzzles. Uh, to me, that's always been cheating. <laughs> Somehow, buying a book of crossword puzzles where they have it labeled easy, uh, crossword puzzles for the illiterate. Yeah, you know, they're all labeled, see. Uh, crossword puzzles for lip movers. Uh, crossword puzzles for people who are serious. Uh, this to me is cheating. I like to take them as they come. 
And uh, each day the paper comes, and it's a, there's an excitement of looking forward to seeing what they're going to pull on you today. Now, after you really get into this crossword puzzle scene, you begin to, uh, to play games within the crossword puzzle. For example, one of the little crossword puzzle games that we crossword puzzle freaks play is this. Trying to get all the down words. All of them. You know, like it says one to, uh, you know, 68 down. Get all the down words without even getting one a crossword. Now, that's not easy. You're thinking about that? All right. Now, then you may change the next time. You get all the, the across words. Now, that's not easy to do. Now, one of my little private games has been this. Some guys do these private games. In fact, I knew one fantastic crossword puzzle freak who had gotten so good at crossword puzzles that he even got to the point where he didn't write them down. He would test his memory, and he would do a crossword puzzle just by reading it in his mind. He'd do the whole thing. How do you like that? And if you, if you tested him, if you said, well, come on, Charlie, how do I know you did it? He said, okay, I'll show you. He just writes it down. Just write it all down. He's, he's worked it, see, all in his mind. Fantastic uh, uh, little trick. Yeah, I've seen him do it. Now, what my crossword puzzle thing is, you begin to, you begin to play games with yourself vis-a-vis -vis time. Well, now I have a very special crossword puzzle game, and if you're a crossword puzzle freak and a person who does a lot of traveling, try this one. What I do is wherever I'm going to go, let's say I'm on flying to Boston, and this is what I just did. I played MIT here a couple of days ago, and I flew to Boston. Well, I took the Eastern Shuttle. Now, uh, you know, there's a great crowd on the Eastern Shuttle at all times, so before I got on the, on the plane, I picked up a copy of the Times. And, uh, you know, I sat down in the plane, and the plane took off, and I looked through the times, and I read about the, you know, the sports, and I, I went through the whole scene, saving the puzzle for the last, for one specific reason. I have a test that I've been playing. From the minute that the fastened seatbelt sign comes on, when the plane is going into its descent down into the wherever it is you're going, and, uh, you know, the, usually the, the, the stewardess comes on and says, I am. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now we are beginning our descent into the... Uh, uh, <laughs> well, at that point, you see, you start working the puzzle. And if you can get the puzzle worked before the plane rolls out, you have won the game. Now, I have never been able to do this. I mean, I've always just had about two words to go. And, of course, you have to learn to be cool. If, if the plane is, is coming down, it's, it's, he's always got, already got the flaps down, you know, and you're, you're whistling in over the water, and you can see the runway coming up, and you've got three words to go. You tend to get panicky. And, uh, you know, simple words. You can't get, oh, damn it, damn it, I know that word. You know, you know that problem. Well... The other day, everything fell into place. My head really worked. And what's more, it was a tough puzzle. It was one of the, one of the nastier efforts by old Will Wayne. And uh, when, when, the, when the stewardess came on and says, Your attention, please. Your attention, please. Would you please fasten your seatbelts? We are beginning our descent into the Boston area. Uh, all packages will be placed on the floor. 
and all seat belts will be fastened and seats will be placed at an upright position. Well, at that point, I started to work the puzzle. And I don't know, it's just like Jack Nicholas said one day when Nicholas, a few years ago when Nicholas had polished off the crowd from the Masters and uh, he was being asked by Jack Whitaker, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, what What it was, he shot a, shot a couple of 63s, you know, and he finally finished it off with a great flourish by popping in a 22-foot putt. And, uh, you know, he was 18 strokes ahead of the field. Jack simply said, well, I just felt right. All fell into place. Well, all I can tell you, friends, if you're a crossword puzzle fan, I started at one across. And from that minute on, my mind was like a forest fire out of control. Whack, 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 zippity-pow. Would you believe it? I finished the crossword puzzle before the wheel touched the runway. A private victory. And I want to tell you, this is an omen of things to come. Anything is possible from here on in. Shepard has broken the barrier. Once you break the sound barrier, the stars are the limit. All the way. Thank mm-hmm. you.